0: Okay, we're gonna move right on into our next presentation. We have Mark Federoff, who is here to talk about top scams. Let me find you, Mark. Mark has worked on education and outreach to older adults for over 10 years. He currently works with a crew of dedicated volunteers to address thousands of inquiries each month about fraud, scams, and financial exploitation as part of the AARP Elder Watch and AARP Fraud Watch Network. So we're going to move on into the top scams targeting older Coloradans. And this is, please join me in welcoming Mark Federoff.
1: Good afternoon. How's everyone doing? Awesome. Is this this is hopefully not the nap portion of this afternoon's program? Um, <laughs> let's not make it the nap portion because this is all very important information uh, that I'm going to have for you about how to keep your money, uh, which is very very important. Um, so. Elder Watch is a program that's statewide, I go around and do this uh, in all different parts of the state. Uh, It's been around for 18 years, and it's a partnership between AARP and the Colorado Attorney General's Office. And so, uh, we do two main things, again, this type of uh, education and outreach, as well as we have a helpline uh, in Denver, we have a group of very dedicated volunteers who answer questions about fraud and scams all day long. So if I'm not standing in front of you and you have a question about fraud and scams, uh, you can give us a call. Um, On the table just right outside of this uh, room, there are these sheets and they have our helpline number. It's part of the Colorado Attorney General's Consumer Complaint Line and we're number two. So give us a call if you have a question. We're happy to uh, answer your questions about frauds or scams or any other type of fraudulent business practice. And if we don't have an answer, we'll try to figure it out for you. Uh, and direct you to the appropriate people. Uh, so we take about 400 calls a month as part of the Elder Watch Helpline. Uh, in addition to the work that we do statewide, we also uh, manage the National Fraud Watch Network Helpline, which is AARP's National Fraud Helpline. Um, through that helpline, we're taking between 2,500 and 3,500 calls a month. And you might ask, so what do you do after you collect all of this data about different types of calls and, and about frauds and scams? So a lot of the information we collect it onto a database, and we all we send it to the FTC uh, as part of the Consumer Sentinel, which is where all of the data about frauds and scams goes. Uh, In addition to that, we're also informing AARP publications. So if you're an AARP member and you receive the bulletin in the magazine, um, we're taking the information that members and and others are calling about and then informing our publications uh, with actual stories about the different types of frauds and scams that are out there. So uh, every month I'm writing those that fraud page in the bulletin with my boss uh, and we're uh, so it's, it's meaningful information. So if you get a, a scam and you want to report it, please call us so we know about it. So we can tell uh, the rest of the 38 million people who are ARP members about it. So why do scammers potentially target older adults? Lots of different reasons. Uh, here's a couple different ones up on the board. In the interest of time, I won't ask for all of the different reasons that you all have, but hopefully this will cover most of them. Um, seeing, uh, older adults might be seen as being more trusting. Uh, they might be seen as having a source of wealth or at least a steady income, uh, whereas someone who might be younger might not have that. They might be isolated, living alone, and might not, be able to, might not have someone to ask about uh, if they think something might be a fraud or a scam. Um, they, might not, uh, they might be seen as not being very tech-savvy. Uh, we're seeing an increasing amounts of scam happen on the Internet. Uh, and so uh, if you don't feel totally tech-savvy, there might be opportunities for scammers to take advantage of you. Um, also, one of the things that we consistently see when people are reporting frauds and scams to us Uh, is issues with um, either health or memory concerns um, that might lead someone to fall victim to a scam And and it's very common that that when someone's telling me or reporting a scam, that they are uh, giving me an excuse as to why they fell victim. And their excuse might have been, well, I was on a, you know, I just came out of the hospital, or my husband just died, or uh, there was some type of a major life crisis that happened to them uh, during that time. And normally, if they were in the right state of mind, they might not have Done that and They said, I don't know how I, I, why I ever would have uh, listened to that guy. You know, usually I would have just hung up the phone. But in that instance, they caught him. So remember that uh, when any, you have any type of life changes, whether it be changing medication or, or uh, coming out of the hospital or, or any other life events like a death that's uh, cl- close to you, think that you might be a little bit more vulnerable to scams during that time, because we definitely see that consistently. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the most common scams that are reported to the Elderwatch helpline. Um, This is uh, one through five, and then six through ten. I'll go into a little bit more detail about each one of them, Um, and I'll glaze over some, hopefully, that you might be more familiar with, um, so we can answer more questions at the end, if that's okay. So far and away, the most common scam that we're hearing about our government imposter scams. How many of you have received a call from Social Security uh, in the last week? Yes, (laughs) or in the last month, that's okay. You've received a call from Social Security. How many of you have ever received a call from Social Security in your life that it was an actual call from Social Security? Exactly. (laughs) Social Security is not calling you, and they're not going to, they don't got time for that. Uh, unfortunately. (laughs) So uh, if you ever get a call from Social Security, the IRS, Medicare, any of those agencies that we know doesn't have uh, an unsolicited call for the most part, uh, that does not have the capacity to be giving calls to all their beneficiaries, uh, it's very important to know that it's a scam. And I'm saying that to this audience, and I very well know that this audience knows that these people aren't going to call you, but I'll tell you that there are lots of other people who are not aware of this. And I was, the number one population that's reporting this scam to us right now are people who are under forty, because they don't know that Social Security is not going to call them, and they freak out about it. Um, I talked to someone. I talked to a, a girl who was just going to grad school, um, and she sent over four thousand uh, dollars. That was pretty much her money that she banked away to help pay for her grad school. Uh, because she was concerned that, you know, those people had their social security number and were using it fraudulently and she needed to clear up her name so she could get any type of federal aid that she needed. So these things are really happening. They're happening lots more commonly to younger people than to older people in these situations, particularly in terms of um, the social security imposter scam. Uh, IRS imposter scams have almost gone away completely. We've almost not gotten any reports of those uh, this year. Just because they change the script, scammers are just using that same script, but they change it to social security. So, um, you know stuff we're talking about today goes beyond this room, please. Uh, Please make sure kids, uh, grandkids, all those folks are aware of that. They might scoff at you and say, oh, I know that, I'm not stupid. But um, it also might help them or or one of their roommates or friends down the line, too, because people do get alarmed by this uh, for different reasons. Um, The other call that we lump with this scam uh, is a grandparent scam, and that's just because the FTC was lumping it with them. And so how many of you have received a grandparent scam phone call? It's essentially a phone call, uh, and an emergency call, um, saying that your grandson or granddaughter is in jail in Mexico because they got in trouble, picked up drugs, whatever it may be, or they got in an accident. Um, and they want you to act quickly because you love them. And they want you to help uh, take care of whatever situation they're dealing with by either wiring money or sending prepaid gift cards. Again, in these situations, the scammer is really trying to go on your emotions, and the fact that you love your family, and uh, they want you to act quick. So just take a deep breath before acting quick in these situations, and 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 contact that person yourself. Or one of the tactics that we often recommend, too, is to pepper that person with questions about themselves or the person who they're with, and they're going to hang up. Um, so and again, number one scam that we hear about, and this is far and away, 50%. Of the calls that are coming to ARP in terms of reporting scams right now uh, are about the social security imposter scam. and I would say uh, probably about 5% of those that we're getting are reports of victims, someone who's actually sent money or given away their social security number as a part of that scam. Second most common scam that we're seeing in Colorado. Home repair and improvement scams, um, and and these are these work in two different ways. Uh, it's either essentially a, a straight out scam, which would be a, more of a, like a fly by night operation. Contractors who show up at your door and then never come back. They ask for some type of payment in advance, and then again you can't find them again. Um, the other type of uh, these scams, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a scam, but oftentimes it's a some there's a, a misunderstanding or between the you hiring the contractor and the contractor themselves and so people are calling to figure out kind of what their next steps are you know to help avoid that I recommend doing extensive research before engaging with any contractors Um, getting referrals from friends the Better Business Bureau multiple bids all different types of things to ensure that the work that you're doing with any contractor uh, is is appropriate and we know that this can all happen, you can do all these things, and you can still have bad luck um, through different situations, um, and, and again, welcome to call our volunteers and chat with us about it. It doesn't bind you to do anything, but we can just help give you suggestions about kind of next steps uh, in terms of working with a contractor, particularly if you're in a situation where uh, it wasn't a straight up scam uh, like many of the contract complaints that we see. Um, You'll see here ways of refusing it, never do business at your door, Um, developing a refusal script for any of those instances, and understand the contract fully, don't sign anything that you don't understand. Uh, Just important things uh, to avoiding any of these type of home repair and improvement and contractor uh, fraud. The third most common scam that we're seeing, and this one uh, is a really, really common one, and we continue to see victims of it, I'd love to put this one away. Uh, are the sweepstakes, prize, and lottery scams? Uh, the bottom line on this is: if anyone tells you that you won money and they ask you to send money to receive it, it's always a scam. You should never have to send money uh, in advance um, for any type of prize or contest or lottery. Um, and you know, if anyone Publishers Clearinghouse does not call you, it's a very important detail. Who's ever received a call from Publishers Clearinghouse saying they won $2.5 million in a new Mercedes-Benz? No one. Well. It happens all the time. And we talk to people <laughs> all the time who are doing this. We actually got a call. There's a, if, if you do receive the ARP bulletin, one of the last articles that was in the bulletin um, was about publishers clearing house scams. And we got a call from someone two weeks ago who was in the process of, of sending money as a part of one of these scams. She'd already sent a couple thousand dollars uh, to, in the first installment. And then the scammer had called back and asked for her to send uh, another couple of thousand dollars, so she had. But in that process, uh, she had just sent it that day. She picked up her AARP bulletin, read it, understood that that was a scam because she read the bulletin. Uh, contacted UPS because that's how she sent the money. And they were able to stop it before delivering it. So the second installment was actually stopped, which was actually a pretty cool story in that case. She did it through an app, which I didn't even know UPS had an app, but I guess everyone has an app now. Um, but it was cool to hear that you know, just based on that quick education um, when she got her bulletin that she found out it was a scam and didn't have to lose that second thousands, couple thousand dollars. Um, Again, we still hear about these scams all the time. I've talked to people who've lost upwards of a million dollars on these type of scams, chasing money. Um, just, it's one of the to- most difficult scams for people to understand, uh, that it, because they want to believe it. And um, if you get stuck in a situation where you're trying to convince someone they're involved in one of these scams, uh, they're thinking they're going to be rolling in the dough uh, pretty soon. They're definitely not. Uh, <laughs> and and please let them know that you should never have to send money to receive money, no matter what the situation is. So when we just did a survey two years ago about uh, what scams Coloradans were approached by most, this one was the one that came up. How many of you have received either a pop-up window on your computer or a phone call from someone from Microsoft saying they were happy to help you with it? Yes. So numbers-wise, when I look around the room, it's about right. But we found out that 70% of Coloradans 50-plus had received this scam attempt, um, and it is uh, one that is probably still consistently the one that people are falling victim to the most because it 's kind of convincing you know everyone 's computer kind of has a down day, and you get a phone call from someone saying, "Oh, I can help you with that sure right um, so it 's frustrating but any any unsolicited call or pop up window uh, informing you that your computer has a virus um, is inevitably a scam again. Other people who don't have time to be monitoring our computer virus situation, Microsoft, they don't have time to be checking in on us. So, understand that. Um, They're always gonna ask for payment and or access to your computer. There's a lot of variations to this scam, I would say, and right now one of the most common ones that we're seeing is that uh, they're calling you back and they're saying, hey, we, gave, we, we engaged in a contract with you for tech support three years ago. Our company is now going out of business. What we'd really like to do is give you the rest of your money back because you had a lifetime guarantee for all this service. All I need is your bank account number. So... This is working sometimes, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, and, and people with the promise of money back are thinking, hey, what the heck, I might as well, uh, and then the rest is history, right? Literally, the rest of their money is history because of that. So uh, be careful about any type of attempt. I'll say that the other way that people get roped into this scam is when they are actually legitimately looking for a tech support help, and they go on the computer just to Google it, and a lot of these scam companies have set up their own tech support websites that are all fake. Uh, and they want you to call them and give you all of their bank account, give you all your, you know, give them your credit card number, whatever it may be, uh, and to engage with them in a real way. Understand that a lot of computer companies do not have legitimate uh, tech support phone helplines. A lot of them have, they want you to do it online, uh, computer support. And so be careful, like for one example is Yahoo. If you go to Yahoo's support page, the first thing it says on the top of their screen is Yahoo does not have a customer support line. Um, And that's an important thing to know about uh, because if you you go on your computer and Google Yahoo support phone number, you 're going to find phone numbers um, you're going to look down your screen of your Google search results results until you find a phone number and then call that one and I'll tell you this is probably not who you should be talking to because it's not Yahoo Sound good <laughs> so avoid these tech support scams. Another scam I would really like to nip in the bud um, because uh, but they are get but they continue to be tricky um, if you if one of these pop up screens does come up on your uh, it, somehow comes up on your computer, do whatever you can to disengage. If you're most comfortable uh, unplugging your computer, shut it down, Control-Alt-Delete, and then shut down the browser, whatever whatever it can be, uh, to shut down that connection with the scammer. Is the best thing that you can do, and whatever you're comfortable with. And if you have an older computer that you're working off of, uh, make sure to update your Windows program, if you your, your Windows 10, as well as uh, having some type of antivirus software as well. Particularly if you have an older computer, because almost all of these uh, pop-ups that we see coming through are usually coming through an older computer. So, phishing uh, is our fifth most common scam. Uh, very, very regular. We see phishing coming all different types of ways. Uh, We mostly talk about it via email, um, but we are also seeing lots of phone and lots of text examples of this too. So again, if you see a text come through and they're kind of phishing for any of your information, watch out for it. But essentially what phishing is, if you're not familiar, is the contact from someone representing a government or reputable business, and they're trying to trick you into giving them personal or financial information. Um, They often claim to be with one of our large government agencies, uh, a bank. We see lots of, like, Bank of America and Chase and Wells Fargo, examples of of emails coming through. Uh, We also see lots of Amazon and Walmart, that type of thing, where people are are doing retail work, uh, PayPal and eBay as well. Um, If you have any doubt as to whether whether that email is coming uh, from... That actual entity, uh, delete it, hang up, whatever it may be, and move on. Um, and if you, and then contact that entity yourself with a known number or or address. Um, we're again seeing lots of this, and uh, I would just recommend um, being very, very careful and understanding what your correspondence actually looks like from all of those entities. Number six, um, auto sales and repairs. I mean, most people have a car, and so it's inevitable that there's gonna be issues uh, when dealing with dealers and repairmen, um, but it is a common complaint that we get to the Watch Helpline um, for all different types of things, whether it be shoddy repair work, unnecessary unnecessary charges and repairs, uh, high-pressure sales tactics, um, find something in the fine print that that they didn't want you to read, Um, targeting older or female consumers particularly um, for different reasons. Um, So the recommendation here is to do extensive research before engaging with any type of repair shop or dealership. Um, Be sure to get referrals from friends and neighbors, Um, check the BBB, different comp- do some comparison shopping third-party review sites are always good as well um, you know check Kelly's blue book Edmunds do the extra bit of research don't just assume that that every car is going to be perfect um, and every situation involving a vehicle purchase or repair is going to go perfectly as well um, some other tactics to say um, think about down here you know not signing any agreements you don't fully understand um, understand what you're paying for uh, and don't be afraid to take your business elsewhere. If you're feeling pressured, we get lots of calls from people who say, oh, I need to tell you about that Hyundai deal. I'm, I mean, I don't want to pick on Hyundai, but <laughs> that was just the last one that I got. Um, a, a dealership, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, I felt pressured into that. Whatever, they they made me do it all. They put me in a room. I felt, you know, I felt intimidated. Um, don't feel You're the consumer here, it's your business, it's your money, Um, you need to feel comfortable walking away if you don't feel comfortable with the situation, and and don't let anyone intimidate you, um, because it happens all the time and we get lots and lots of complaints um, about shady deals. Identity theft, I have honestly a whole separate presentation on identity theft, but it is one of the most common complaints that we're dealing with um, as part of our helplines. And I would just say uh, it's important to um, do all those things reconciling your bills um, so y- you know if you have any types of fraudulent charges in your credit card or um, check your annual credit report to know if you have any unauthorized um, lines of credit opened in your name um, and and Avoid ID theft at all costs. I can't even summarize a screen on ID theft because they have so much to say about it. But I'll say that when we did a um, we did our survey two years ago, we asked folks if they had checked their annual credit report in the last uh, 12 months, and 16% 6 percent of people, Coloradans 50 plus, said they had. Who has checked their annual credit report in the last 12 months? So we have handful of people, made more than 16%, but um, not half, uh, have said they have. And so if you go to annualcreditreport.com, that's where you get your, your free annual credit reports online. And it's, it's critically important that you do this. The last time I checked my annual credit report, I probably hadn't for a year and a half or two years. And I had a hard inquiry from Verizon on my credit report because someone tried to open a cell phone in my name. Uh, it was determined that it was fraud at the point of sale. But I would say that for someone who works in this space uh, and, and hadn't checked it in a while, you know, it was a good idea for me to check it. I was able to amend it very quickly. It wasn't a problem. Um, but it's just an example that that type of thing does come up. And it's important, especially if you haven't checked it in 10 or 20 years, that you go ahead and, and check that annual credit report and, and get that information. Again, it's free Um, And on top of that, there's information on our table out there about uh, freezing your credit and also putting a fraud alert. Those are two things uh, that have happened recently that are um, very good, because now uh, you can get a credit freeze for free. Um, It used to not be free, necessarily, to go to freeze and unfreeze your credit, but it's an easy thing to do, and there's a sheet on the back on the table just right outside of the door about how to do that as well. Um, I, I'm happy to answer more questions at the end of the presentation about any of that if, you, if you'd like it. Um, so just some other tips, you know, keep all that information private, um, shredding personal documents, monitor your accounts regularly, check your annual credit report, and don't share um, your personal or financial information with unknown callers or any entities. The worst type of scam that we're dealing with in our office right now, um, and it's been kind of consistent through this whole year, and we've gotten more and more than ever, are romance scams. And I usually get lots of chuckles about romance scams, um, but <laughs> that is nothing to chuckle about because they are, they are definitely the worst scams that we're dealing with. Um, and you don't even have to be looking for love or romance uh, to be get stuck in a romance scam. Someone might just contact you on Facebook or Instagram. I was at a presentation in Fort Collins a couple of months ago, and I had three separate women come up to me and tell me that their friends are involved in romance scams, and they got all involved th- by playing words with friends. Has anyone played words with friends here? By playing words with friends with some guys who, you know, some hotshot doctors or something, or so they, so they say. Uh, <laughs> so... I, it was just interesting that one presentation, there were three different people who told me that their friends had all sent money to guys who they were playing, guys who they were playing words with friends with. Um, so <laughs> something to be very careful with because I'll tell you that almost all scammers are trying to gravitate towards romance scams. Um, I've talked to people who have been uh, engaged in tech support scams or sweepstakes scams, and then they have evolved into romance scams. Um, and and that's what the scammer wants is they want to get that personal connection so that person will start sending them a bunch of money Um, and it is it's definitely a thing so be very very cautious uh, about meeting people online Um, never send anyone money Um, (laughs) and if you're contacted on a social media site or app by a stranger who shows interest in you they're eventually gonna ask for money Um, you know I just (laughs) <laughs> the problem is, is that, you know, these people who are in these situations, they uh, essentially are losing, once they realize that they're, it's a scam, they're losing uh, their love of their, who they think is the love of their life, as well as um, maybe all of their life savings. Uh, so it is devastating situations. I've talked to people who have sold their house, moved moved across the country for these love interests, all different types of things, sent goods and services, um, any any story you can imagine. Uh, I've heard it to the, at this point, and, and most of the probably half of the people who are calling us about romance scams are loved ones of that family member who are trying to convince them that they're involved in some type of fraudulent relationship, um, and those are some of the most difficult people to deal with. I, thinking about the conservatorships and the guardianships when we when we see this stuff, but lots of these people are of of right mind. Um, they're just totally brainwashed by the scammer. Scammers are. Uh, They know what they're doing, and they're practicing it daily on all different types of people all around the world. So again, be very, very careful, and you don't have to be necessarily uh, on mash.com to end up in one of these types of relationships or attempted relationships. (laughs) Insurance and and Medicare scams have bubbled up this year uh, more than they have. in, in many, many years, um, what we're seeing right now uh, are more and more offers uh, for, that, that are coming from other than your doctor uh, for back braces or knee braces. How many of you have received that call before? Yeah, they're asking you if you need some type of durable medical equipment. Um, the one that has really made them bubble up this year, though, are, there, are any type of medical testing. Has anyone gotten an offer for a DNA test through Medicare, but it wasn't actually from your doctor? Um, say a couple of people. This is, it's bubbling up in different parts of the country. There was some, there was an issue, there was, <laughs> there was a booth or they set up a tent next to the library in Denver trying to do this and, and we got the police after them actually uh, because that is, it's a thing. Um, but essentially what they're trying, to, this is the type of fraud or scam that does not necessarily hit your pocketbook directly. It, it all hits it indirectly because what they're doing is they're trying to charge Medicare for a DNA test to see if you have are predisposed for cancer um, and then they're going to try to and it's a, literally a cheek swab like you would do for my heritage or any of those things and and they then um, charge try to charge Medicare $30,000 for that cheek swab uh, and so again it doesn't necessarily hit your pocket directly but it's Medicare fraud and it is hitting our pocket all indirectly because we all pay for Medicare. So if you see any attempts like that, report it right away, uh, and, and it is something that, that they're actively pursuing right now, um, trying to get rid of these folks who are uh, committing Medicare fraud. So, again, if anyone says, you know, any, anyone but your doctor tries to offer you medical equipment or a test like this, um, refuse it. And, and also closely reconcile any, other, any medical bills and statements that you have to make sure there's no other random Medicare charges uh, or charges that show up on your Medicare statement. And the last one that we have, unfortunately, that we had to add to this presentation this year, um, is non-stranger exploitation. There's a lot of people here today who deal in this space, um, but essentially and I'm sure you've heard about um, it from other presenters today as well, but uh, when a family, friend, or caregiver, neighbor, other known person um, is taking money from you, uh, or or the person, um, and so this is something that we typically refer to Adult Protective Services to investigate. Um, This is most commonly perpetrated by a family but can uh, be hard to recognize and obviously difficult to report for many, many reasons. Um, We recommend having financial plans in place and trusted individuals to help monitor your finances if necessary. Just like what we talked, what's been talked about today, when I was listening in on the last presentation, and I'm sure in other presentations, lots of good resources um, for this in our community. If you see that happening to anyone who you know, yeah. typically, yeah, typically through the typically through the county, with the council of governments in Colorado. Um, other notable scams. I just want to bring up real quick. Uh, Travel deals are timeshares, uh, timeshare resales particularly. Um, there's lots of timeshares in Colorado, and so we hear about this consistently. If um, you get a call from someone who wants to help you sell your timeshare, it's probably a scam. I would, Don't take the risk. We get those calls all the time. And also, if someone's trying to send you to uh, Mexico for free, uh, again, too good to be true. Uh, please, don't, please don't bite on that. The other scam that I have listed up here is the say yes scam. How many of you have heard of the say yes scam? So essentially, what, what, is, um, what, what is reported or what was reported was that uh, if you get a phone call that's, uh, that essentially is trying to elicit a yes answer, like, can you hear me? Or are you the head of household? Have you voted in the last election? Any of those type of questions. You say yes, and then they hang up. And you go, what the heck? Like, what just happened, right? Um, You're wondering what's going on. So what was reported is they essentially take that yes and splice it into some type of contractual agreement that you're verbally agreeing to. So the reality about this scam is that I have not yet talked to one person who's fallen victim to this scam. Uh, It is a hard scam to perpetrate by the scammers. So if this happens to you, don't freak out. That's my, that's my message on this scam, uh, is don't freak out. Because we were having people who were calling us left and right, telling us that this scam was happening to them. They shut down all their credit cards, bank accounts, everything, just because uh, they, it was reported by some agencies. I've talked to people at the FCC and FTC. They all put out alerts about this scam, but they all also did not have any victims of this scam either. So the day that we find a victim of this scam is the day that I'll actually say this is a real scam. But it's not for right now. (laughs) Um, And, and there, it was all started because about five years ago, there was a telephone company that uh, used this on some of their customers. And there were about five people who were victimized by it. And that, they got all their money back. All the problem was solved. It was, it was not an issue. um, But it was a shady practice that they used on their own customers. And so again, not a straight up scam that we're worrying about too much. Free trial offers, just real quickly, uh, if, if you're trying to order wrinkle cream, <laughs> has anyone tried to order wrinkle cream? I, I don't believe it, this is a very young looking crowd. We, ha- we have, we, ha- we get this call every day though, you spend, you spend ninety-nine for, sh- free, for shipping and handling for our wrinkle cream and then you get sucked into something where you're, they're gonna send you one every month and they're gonna charge you $95.99 uh, every month and it's hard to get out of it afterwards. So please read the fine print on any type of free trial offer, understanding what you're getting into um, because it is a thing. And we talk to people every day, and there's lots of companies that are trying to scam people out of money and tell them they're going to solve all their problems, you know. They're going to make you look 20 years younger. No one here needs to look 20 years younger, right? No, right. (laughs) Perfect. And charitable giving, um, it's almost the holiday season. We get lots of charitable giving requests this time of year, particularly. And so I would just say, uh, be cautious uh, about just giving... To everyone. Um, Do a little bit of research even if it's just googling their website that's better than nothing. Check the charity.com is the website that's up on this screen. That's the Colorado Secretary of State's website that helps you determine if that uh, charity is registered to solicit donations in our state. So that's a very important determination in terms of if you should be giving them money or not, if they're a registered charity or not. Charitynavigator.org is also a fantastic website for checking the legitimacy of charities as well. Um, And I highly recommend uh, doing something to verify a charity uh, before moving on to giving them money. Um, In summary, these are kind of all my my favorite top points to remind people about. Um, And if you follow this list, you're probably gonna be scam free, maybe, hopefully, right? So protect your personal and financial information. Manage your phone calls. When I say manage your phone calls, I'm talking about don't talk to people who you don't know uh, or don't pick up calls from people who you don't know. Um, Do your research, and that goes on anything. Avoid contact with any unknown entities. And yes, it's okay to be skeptical, and it's okay to be rude. I know I'm looking at a group of people who is not necessarily used to being rude, but it's okay to be rude to someone who's trying to steal all your money or steal your social security number or your bank number. They're not nice people. <laughs> so they can be hung up on, you could, you know, all those things. Don't rush to act, think and talk to others. A scammer doesn't want you to think, they don't want you to talk to others, and they want you to rush to act. Remember that. Even if, they're, if you get in a situation and you have a timeline, um, think about it. Consider unusual payment options a red flag. So if you get a request for a green dot card, or if the IRS asks, for you, asks you for a Home Depot gift card, um, think about it. <laughs> Go back to the next point up. Think about it, right? Does the IRS really ask for Home Depot gift cards? <laughs> All of a sudden you're at Home Depot buying gift cards and you're wondering what's going on. Um, <laughs> I know people get in a trance sometimes and they get so shocked by whatever's happening that they'll just do whatever that person says, but if you take a step back, ask a neighbor, ask a friend, ask a partner, uh, ask a kid, it doesn't matter, um, you're probably, they're probably going to put you in the right state of mind. Does it sound too good to be true? You know, if it sounds too good to be true, this audience I know knows what to do. Um, actively seek information about trending frauds and scams. I'll say that uh, even if you're not an ARP member, that's cool. Borrow a bulletin or a magazine from a friend. There's good information in there. There's great information um, from the Colorado Attorney General's office. And there's great information from local agencies, too, who work on fraud and scam protection. Share your story. Uh, it might save your neighbor from being a victim of a fraud or scam, too. Uh, and report. Uh, particularly for these things that we don't necessarily hear about that much. Uh, uh, If if you think it's a new version of a scam and you don't usually report scams, I recommend reporting it to us so we can tell the rest of uh, the country and the rest of Colorado and the rest of the county about it. So uh, do appreciate any type of reports. Uh, There's our phone number up there on the screen, and again, there's tons of these little cards out there, so take one for yourself and one for your friend. On the back of it, um, it's the top five red flags of a phone scam, so if you know someone who might be uh, a good potential victim of a phone scam, it might be something to pick up for them. Um, but please give us a call if you have any questions. My name is Mark, and I'm often in the office, except for this week, I was not in the office at all. Uh, and, um, but I'm happy to be here with y'all, and I'm happy to take any questions. I think I've got about five minutes. I often get
0: um, phone calls from people wanting to tell me the insurance has run out on my vehicle, and I haven't owned a vehicle in like 20 some years. <laughs> So I know it's a fraud, but um, number one, do I have the right to blow an air horn in the phone on them? <laughs> and number two, how do I report them? Because the phone numbers are like a local nine two five or a local cell phone prefix. Yeah. So what would be the best place and how to report them to the state?
1: If they do, um, if they do, great question. Um, scam phone calls—the number one thing we get questions about uh, because scam phone calls are still. Uh, make up three quarters of all reports that are made to all agencies are about scam phone calls uh, and they are really frustrating and I guarantee you're not the only one getting them. Um, I would say the best thing that you can do is not engage with any person that you don't know who's on the other line. Um, I had a sheet up there about getting rid of scam phone calls but uh, I think they're all, we've all run out. But um, they, the scammers have gotten so rest assured, most of the scammers that we're getting phone calls from are calling from the other side of the world. Uh, and they're, they've gotten smart. Finally, in the last year or so, they've really started using um, what what the tactic that we've called is neighborhood spoofing, or neighbor spoofing, which essentially means they, they're going to try to use the first six digits of your phone number to make it look like you should be uh, it should be someone who you know and someone who you should be answering phone calls from. Uh, My recommendation is only answer calls from people from phone numbers that you definitely know. Otherwise, don't engage with them in in any way, shape, or form. And that means even answering the phone. Let those messages go to voicemail. Uh, My other suggestion would be to investigate phone blocking uh, and and apps that you can get on your smartphone. Um, On the uh, apps, there's one called Nomorobo, for instance. And Nomorobo is a call blocking app. And it essentially blocks uh, or tries to block any robocalls. So if you go to the Apple, uh, Apple Store or the, or the Play Store uh, using Android, uh, you can look up that type of thing. You can, there's all different types of uh, call blocking and call warning services that you can look up uh, to try to add to um, the repertoire of ways of getting rid of these calls. Uh, I, even though it's fun, like the messing with or the blowing the whistle or any of those things, uh, it might end up generating you more calls uh, just because they know there's an answer on the line. So our recommendation, again, is answer calls from only people who you know, avoid calls from people who you don't, uh, and, and um, you know, if they want to talk to you, they're going to leave a message.
0: If once. Uh Credit card information's been compromised, like with the Capital One incident that happened. Uh, okay, so you stop your, your, you lock your credit and you sign up for their protection policy. How worried should you be? I mean, if your information's out there and in the wrong hands, is it likely that sometime in our lifetime, uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to? go into your bank accounts with that information or I mean what happens?
1: Yeah so great question. Data breaches are are a fact of life anymore unfortunately. Um, The Equifax data breach I think was the one that probably shook the most people. Does everyone familiar with the Equifax data breach? Um, And so 145 million people's information compromised and and knowing that Equifax would have a lot of people's um, everyone's social security number in addition to a bunch of other information so, uh, steps you can take, you know, might as well go ahead and check your annual credit report, report see if anything has happened. Just like I mentioned before, annualcreditreport.com. Um, the other things that you can do, obviously, fraud alert in your credit report. Take any monitoring service that they, that they give, if you want to give them, if you trust it, if you trust them enough to give it to them. Freeze your credit. Um, it makes sense. Uh, especially if you're not opening or trying to open any lines of credit, or buying a house, or financing a car, any of those type of things. They're good steps to take. You know, we can't sit around and be worried about all the things that we can't control. And so what I'm up here talking about today and trying to inform you all about are things that we can control and things that we can be aware of. I mean, education is the key to avoiding frauds and scams. We're all going to get fraud and scams attemp- attempts, and we might even be victimized by them from time to time. But it's, it's all managing, um, you know, your comfort level with the situation and understanding the risks that are involved. And I think if you, one of the things I tell people all the time is please go home and Google yourself and understand all the information that a scammer could find out about you just by doing, using a couple of keystrokes. Uh, if you've not done that before, I'd recommend it because you'd understand right away how much information um, that person could have about you uh, just by a quick Google. But my, my real recommendation is, is continue to monitor all your accounts and, and you know, uh, dispute anything that's not legitimate.
0: I have a quick question. Um, everybody nowadays is asking for my credit card. We cycle. Pay to park. Um, Uber. Lyft. All those places have your credit card number, and how safe is that? And how safe is online banking?
1: Great question. My recommendation is, if for all those instances, is to use your credit card as opposed to a debit card, because the credit—it's the credit card company's liability, uh, or it's—it's it's their money. Use their money instead of yours. Uh, in in any of those instances, that's my. I essentially only use my debit card for taking money out of a cash machine. Um, I don't use it for anything else. So if uh, you're doing, if you're using your credit card on those apps in different places, online shopping, I highly recommend actually using the credit card. Um, Secondly, I would say as long as you're using secure connections, uh, I would recommend online banking over getting the statements in the mail. Uh, I bank online every day, Um, But I'm only doing it using a secure connection, Uh, and so when I'm saying that, I mean not using public Wi-Fi uh, to check your bank statements or to do any shopping or that type of thing. Um, And so if you're not on a Wi-Fi network, it's safer to use your data network on your cell phone. Um, But, you know, if you're at a private network in your home or if you're at work and you're at a wired network somewhere, um, then I would say I would feel comfortable with it.
0: Thank you very much, Mark, for your presentation.